I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Y'all, it's official. We are an Amazon affiliate. And it's only right because I let till book is offered on Amazon. If you haven't already checked it out, go ahead and click the link in our description and check it out. Help us support you while we support us, while we all support each other, if you know what I'm saying. All right, y'all, check it out. Hey, y'all, we're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. And you already know we have another special guest today. And we're going to introduce her in a little bit. But before we start, we're going to start with a random discussion. So I'm going off the top of the dome, a random discussion. So, oh, it's a good one for me. So what do y'all think? Y'all ever heard the saying, like, if you have gray hair early, then that means that you're wise. What do y'all think about that saying? Is it true? Do you think it's just a myth? Like, what do y'all think? Myra, what about you? What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I am 27 and I do have gray hair. So I would say from personal experience, maybe it is true. But it's funny that you ask that because my therapist has gray hair and I know she's not that old and I value everything she says. So I'm going to go based off my experience and say that it probably is true. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I think I'm wise, but at the same time, I've been having gray hair since I was like, I kid you not, maybe 14. What? So, yeah. And like, not a whole lot, but like little strands. And I, the more I get older, the more it's like, you know, they come in just different places. And yeah. um, I know it's, I want to say, I feel like it's genetics too. Cause my grandmother, mm-hmm. um, she got them really young. She's wise though, too. <laughs> Look, she's, she's wise. Um, <laughs> So I don't, I don't know. I mean, if so, I mean, I'm, I'm part of the crew, but also just, you know, the people always be like, what, you got gray hair, like surprise, but so, yeah, no, I do. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. What about you, Alicia? Well, I'm not in the gray hair club, but my boyfriend is, and he is 32 and he's had gray hair since he was like at least 24. Yeah. Um, I definitely think there is some wisdom in there and probably genetics, but I also wonder if it has anything to do with stress. Mm. I heard that too before. At least with him, he had more of an outbreak of more gray hairs on his beard, the more stressed he was. Mm. So I wonder if that plays a role into it too. Mm. Good point. I do be stressed. (laughs) Oh my God. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right y'all. before we jump in and um have our discussion with alicia i'm going to go ahead and introduce her so alicia is a licensed mental health counselor who has been in the mental health field for almost 15 years she received her bachelor's of arts in psychology from the university of north florida and her master's of arts in counseling psychology from webster university however she bleeds garnet and gold as a diehard fsu fan alicia has experience in various settings such as intensive outpatient outpatient therapy methadone clinics, psychiatric hospitals, community mental health, and substance abuse rehab. She opened out-of-the-box counseling on Juneteenth, 2020. She currently is the founder and clinical director of out-of-the-box counseling and provides online individual therapy for adults who live with mood disorders, trauma, substance abuse, and borderline personality disorder. She was the most recent recipient, 2021, for the Achievement Award in Psychology awarded to her by her college alma mater, 
University of North Florida for her Black alumni. She's currently certified in brain spotting, trained in EMDR and DBT. So today we'll be talking about brain spotting, which I'm not really familiar with. Danica, I don't know if you are, but to kick us off, I would like to ask Alicia if you can kind of give our audience a gist of what it is so that way they know what we're talking about today. Sure. <clears throat> so brain spotting was created by a man named David Grand, who actually used to train with the creator of EMDR. And so while he was doing EMDR, he was working with the athlete and he noticed that, or she kept reporting that she was having struggles with like a certain technique. I'm not an athlete, so I don't know all the terms. And so as he was doing an EMDR setup, which they usually do eye movements, he noticed that when he paused, she started processing differently. And as he continued to do that, she ended up working out some intrusive or sorry, implicit memories that she had. And then it was able to help her go with athletic mechanism. So brain spotting is basically a body mind approach. So we're definitely more connecting you to your body. We tend to forget that what happens in our brain happens in our body. So like if we're anxious, we have all these thoughts, you might notice you lose your appetite, you have all these things in your body. So you connect that and through the eye position, it's able to connect with maybe a really strong emotional experience or maybe something you might've forgotten and you're able to process through that. So it's, we call it a brain spot because it's like a time capsule. And once you get that eye position and you're focusing through mindfulness, your brain is able to naturally let it finish processing because our brains are made to heal. But when we have trauma, that obviously interrupts it. And so we're kind of holding space for you while your brain is processing. What's different with that between like EMDR, which I do like, EMDR has more prompts like as a therapist, we kind of have to guide you, right? Whereas with brain spotting, it's much more flexible. You as a client can do as much talking or no talking at all during the process. And you're still processing these events that's happened to you. Hmm. Okay. Danique, you got a question? Your face. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Um, I mean, I, I heard you a little bit comparing it to EMDR, like how the difference is more than anything. Uh, because when I hear you talking about like the the eye the eye movement and the body response, I was like, okay, EMDR. So I'm like, what's mm -hmm. the difference? And so it sounds like the only difference is that it's more flexible. It's not structured. I would say it's the main difference. I wouldn't say it's the only one, but definitely the main difference that it's more flexible. Where with EMDR, we're doing those eye movements, right? With brain spotting, we're not. We're once we find that brain spot, like connecting to your body, you're going to process here. So I actually, since you two can see it, I have a pointer. So I would ask you to look at this top of the pointer and I would notice, you know, where do you feel, um, let's say you think of an event that's happened in childhood. And when you think of that event, it causes you anxiety. We would ask you to rate that on a sud scale. So there's similarities to EMDR there. And then you would notice in your body where you feel that. And that's a little bit different with EMDR. And so maybe for me, I felt it a lot in my chest. And so my therapist would move the pointer across the screen for one of these setups. And I would feel the anxiety intensify more once we found my brain spot. Then I'm able to process. For me, when I did it, I was a talker. I am a talker. So I was talking it out. But I've had a lot of clients who were completely silent 
and so deep in their process that I would say time's up and they'd be like, what? And then they would continue the process. So definitely shorthand, yes, to answer your question, sorry. It's definitely more flexible. There's a lot more setups and you can kind of, David Graham will always tell you to make it your own. So you can, you know, I know someone, she is a consultant for EMDR and for brain spotting and she's um, art therapist and she kind of melds it together and that's okay. You don't have to be like so rigid. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm very curious because I've never heard of brain spotting and I've heard of EMDR and I think I know a few folks being trained in EMDR. <laughs> Maya. You're trying to call me out. <laughs> um, but how did you learn about this modality? Well, um, last summer I lost a client to suicide uh, the day after our session and two days before George Floyd was killed. That was how I spent that weekend. And so I knew that there was no way I could hold space for my clients if I don't go back to therapy. And I've been in therapy before, but maybe partly because of what was going on last summer, I just felt like I needed a black therapist. And I'm also really connected here in Jacksonville. So I found my therapist in Tampa and through that she introduced it to me. And then doing it, you know, my very first session um, was processing that and ended up not processing that event. Instead, there was an experience in my life in college, 2007. I knew something happened to me, but I didn't know what, and I couldn't remember from 07 to last year. And through that, we found that implicit memory that I was holding, and I was able to remember everything. For me, because the brain spotting experience for everyone is different, it was like when you flip pages really quick and I saw all these images and I had five events that had happened that I had blocked out. And so they all came back. Mm -hmm. And of course I'm emotional. And afterwards it felt like a weight was literally lifted. I took a nap because I was strained. And when I woke up, my first thought was, is this how normal people deal with bad stuff? Because I thought hearing all those things, remembering the horrific things that I had blocked out would make me feel worse. And instead I felt okay. Like I felt like, oh, that was that missing puzzle piece. And so through therapy and then I got trained in EMDR, um, did that. And then I went right into a training for brain spotting. So I was doing my own and getting trained. So I had like a lot of intensive experience, but that's how I heard about it. And I'm also in a group on Facebook called Clinicians of Color. And I kept seeing it. I was like, what is this? Is this hypnosis? Because I don't want to do that. It's not. But I'm like, is this hypnosis? And then once my therapist introduced it, I was sold. Yeah, I think that that's amazing. The fact that you, you know, took a chance on your healing and you tried out something different, yeah. um, which is very scary to do. And not only did you try it out, now you're actually utilizing it in your own practice and giving it, being able to give that service to people too. I think that's a that's an amazing story, um, which kind of goes into this next question. Is just like specifically working with Black folks uh, in this healing modality. Like, what has been your experience if you have even worked with Black folks with this uh, modality? Most of my clients are women. I might have three men, but most of them are black or brown. Um, and I work with a lot of complex issues. So addiction, 
complex trauma, borderline personality disorder. So I tend to work with clients long-term. So I'll tell you about this one guy I was working with. We worked together for, gosh, almost three years through different issues. He came to me first for couples and then changed to something. And he recently graduated. And when I was asking him what he took away from it, he was like, that brain spotting thing you did. And he described to me how he would imagine me doing the setup and he would process on his own. And that was just like, wow, okay. And a lot of the clients that I've had long-term that once I started doing brain spotting, we're graduating in the next three to six months compared to the process, it seemed like might've been longer. Um, So I had one where we were just kind of getting stuck with the trauma and we did brain spotting for about six or seven sessions. She graduated, finished therapy, which was good. So it's been, it's, it's, I always get the first question I get in the first session is what is this? Is this voodoo or hoodoo? Because wow, why did I feel this? Because you do feel it. Once you find that brain spot, you feel whatever emotions you've been holding in your body as you're processing. And it's kind of like waves because you might feel it intense and then it comes down intense gone down and there's other resources that we use but most of my clients especially my black clients have been able to open up in ways that they never expected right because we're already as black and brown we don't go to therapy it's already stigmatized but i all of them who have used brain spotting have hit me up with are you accepting new clients or can you help me with somebody who's trained in brain spotting like it's made them just look at things differently yeah you know, I think that, like you just said, the black, the, the voodoo thing, for sure, thinking of like, or even like when you said, you seen it, you was like, is this hypnosis? Like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> what is this? And yeah. so you're saying, like with some, some of your clients who are black or brown folks, that this modality has, it's been like life-changing in the sense of like it happens, the healing happens quicker versus like different than talk therapy. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds like they're actually practicing it without you in their own life. So it's like this like lifelong skill that they're accruing through brain spotting. To be fair, most of us have been brain spotting our whole life. Mm. So when you think about something and you find yourself like looking over here or to the left or to the right, and you're just kind of daydreaming, right? In brain spotting world, we call that gaze spotting, G-A-Z-E spotting, because you're accessing a brain spot and you're processing about whatever is going on, whether it's the recent argument you've had or whatever. So all of us have been doing it already. Mm-hmm. Something to know. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Does it? Do you think that it's, and I'm sorry to kind of go off, do you think it's specific to trauma or do you think, because you just utilize it like daydreaming, do you mm-hmm. think like, so do clients specifically come in of like, hey, I, I'm not sure, like something like I, I, I have this memory and I don't remember it, or is it more so like something, you know, uh, just happened, a traumatic experience and they're coming in and they're trying to get help with that? It's definitely um, most used with trauma, but it can be used for a variety of things. It can be used for chronic pain management, depression, anxiety, um, grief, ADHD in some terms. It can just be used to process different things that might be getting you stuck. Like with David Grand, it wasn't so much trauma at first when he was meeting with her. He didn't know. It ended up being like a sports performance. He really made it for athletes at first. 
and then it came out to trauma and other things, but it can be used for anything. It's one of my most preferred modalities because of the flexibility. And as a therapist, especially us newer ones, I just got licensed last year. So sometimes we live with that imposter syndrome, right? But like, you don't have to do as much work. It's just really not a lot of work on us. We're, it's more about the most important thing with brain spotting is that relational attunement or the rapport. If there's not rapport, it won't work as well. You want to build that first. You want that client to be able to feel like they can trust you because you're going to have this connection. You're just holding space for this person as they're processing whatever. For me, it tends to be trauma, but that's one of my specialties. So it's more likely they're seeking me for trauma work. But I got trained. So there's um, David Grand is the one who does the brain spotting, but I got trained with a man named John Edwards. He's a therapist here in California. <coughs> Excuse me. And he leads what's called the BIPOC brain spotting trainings. And that was my first ever training in my life where there was more of us. You know, used to being one of five in trainings. It's just, you know, you don't have to code, you have to code switch. But with BIPOC, there was no code switching and it was just a, different thing. So that's also their sub-communities within the brain spotting too. Mm, that's pretty cool to learn about. Um, we're curious about how long it typically takes on average in comparison to traditional talk therapy. I know you mentioned like six or seven sessions you're seeing progress, but I wanted to dive in a little bit more about that. Well, there isn't quite like a number, like, oh, in 12 sessions, you know, this and this. For everybody, it's, it's different. So I don't have a specific number or how long, but I do know that it definitely feels faster than traditional talk therapy. You're at, you're talking about things that maybe they didn't realize and then processing it pretty fast. So it's faster in general, but it really depends on the client. I can't quite give a number, but if I were to compare it to DBT or EMDR or something else, in my experience, I would say that brain spotting is the fastest way of processing things. Thank you for sharing that. We wanted to kind of rewind back. I know you shared about um, there is a BIPOC training for clinicians mm -hmm. interested in brain spotting. Can you share a little bit more about that so that way we can share that resource? Um, his name is John Edwards. He's the only one that's really leading those. I think there's another one, brain phase one um, in December. So you would just have to look him up, John Edwards. I feel like his website's like Western Psychology West, something off that. Then you'd register, um, you can do payment plans. So brain spotting has six phases. You only need to have two to be considered certified. Um, so that's brain spotting phase one and two, there's three and four, there's an intensive and there's master class. So John has done BIPOC through phases one through three. And I was actually in the first phase three, which was this year, because until this year, only David taught three and higher. Um, it's just, for me, it was just, it was online, obviously, because I live in Florida, so there's no way I could do a person. And it's just like a different environment for, I don't know else how, like, it makes me only want to do BIPOC trainings. It's just such a different learning space if you're a BIPOC therapist, just being around people and not having to put on this mask. It was like pretty cool. And it's not really expensive compared to the main one. You get a little bit. It's a little bit discount on there. Yeah, thank you for sharing that resource. Um, as we wrap up, we wanted to ask if you have any takeaways for our listeners. 
Well, I just wanted to take away in general about therapy. There was a article I read on BuzzFeed and it was about 29 things that people never tell you about therapy. And there was a quote that someone said in regards to going to therapy and therapy being for everyone. So I just want to share that. Okay. I would recommend therapy to every single person on this planet. Think about it this way. You're going to be you for as long as you live. So why wouldn't you try to find out everything about yourself? Why wouldn't you try to become your very best self? Because once you learn the skills to cope with your own emotions, you'll utilize that forever. It's the best thing you can do for yourself. So whether you choose brain spotting and EMDR, you just want to go talk to someone that's not family and friends. I just really want to encourage everyone to get therapy. We all deserve it. Yes. Thank you for wrapping us up. And I know we want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I would like to share about, um, you know, if you are a BIPOC clinician, if you're a Black clinician, don't pay for these trainings, y'all. Look for free trainings because they are out there. And these trainings, although like we're promoting them or we're like, they're good, I don't think we should be paying for them because the same way that they want BIPOC clinicians doing this work, we shouldn't be paying for the trainings then, right? because we're supposed to be making this accessible to our community. So I say all that to say that if you research for scholarships, you'll find them. So as far as like the EMDR training, if you're interested in that, I'm attending that training for free as far as brain spotting. If you like put in keywords like scholarships, things like that, please do that. Please do not pay for these things because we don't need to be coming out of our pocket for these things because our community needs it. And yeah, that's my little spiel that I had to share and she was like talking about prices I was like nope mm -mm, don't pay <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah um just because I know you said BIPOC a lot in this episode so I just for people who don't know what that means it means black indigenous people of color so pretty much anybody who's not white um so that's basically what they're saying so Alicia is saying that she found a, a space that is specifically for people of color um, and focusing on this training or this um, healing modality, brain spotting. And so what Myra's saying is that, you know, utilize your resources, do as much research as you can, because there, especially now, I think the last like couple of years, especially because of all the, the different black bodies being in, uh, well, not only black bodies, um, people people who are not white in general mm -hmm. um being a disparities and so I think that there's so many more trainings for therapists right now so I do think that that's something um I do want to ask you Myra what's been your experience so far with EMDR being a black therapist I love it um I didn't want to talk about BIPOC versus black but let's talk about that after <laughs> that's like a whole nother topic that I, I yeah anyway <laughs> so I have my first training I have my second part in December I love it um I did really well in training but I'm not starting to do it with my clients until I start back in person meeting clients which would be next week so then I'll be actually like practice it, practicing it on folks. I don't feel comfortable doing it via Zoom. And I also wanna make y'all aware that it's not always just eye movement. So there are body taps, there are sounds, there are a bunch of different modalities, but I think because the eye part is in the name, we automatically go to like, this is what it is. Whereas eye movement doesn't work for everyone. So there are other different things within EMDR that you can access. 
Um, but I did want to ask you your thoughts about, and I was going to have this as a discussion question because <laughs> I get into conversations about this and I'm curious what you think about for yourself being caught BIPOC, how you feel about it? Well, I mean, I guess typically nobody is, <laughs> I'm not usually in spaces where I use that term as much. Okay. And so I, in some, some forms, I don't know. I always feel like people just say that to make other people feel better. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. It's just that I typically am not in spaces that utilize the term and, mm-hmm. and utilize the name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like spaces that usually utilize the term usually don't have black people in it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know <laughs> if that's something that's going on, but, um, I don't know it's interesting um and I feel like you I feel like the first time I heard that term was probably in grad school I didn't hear that term until grad school so like 2015 2016 before then I had never heard of it um so I also don't know like if this you know if if this is a term also living over here in like um the west Mm -hmm. is most definitely in Kentucky I never heard of that Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if that's something else too of like just you know you know it'd be all type of new stuff going on over here but so <laughs> I don't know what you think I don't know anything I think it's a new term because I didn't hear about it till grad school either um but it's interesting that you were like I noticed that it's not like it's not people of color that are first to use that term but I just feel like as a black person like I'm tired of being grouped up with other groups and I feel like when you say BIPOC, now we're all grouped into one. And I noticed for me in particular, the people who are saying BIPOC are white folks. And I always am like, girl, I'm black. Like I always like laugh it off, but in my head, I'm just like, stop calling me that. Like you decided to call me that. I never told you to call me that. And so I even asked like other folks, like, do you want to be called BIPOC? Like, you know, is that something that you're preferring to be called? Because I don't want to be called that. I would like to be called Black. But I will say I'm using all the BIPOC resources because it's <laughs> for, you know, us. But at the same time, if we're going to refer to how I identify, I don't identify as BIPOC. I identify as Black with a capital B. Ooh, the capital, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs at work, they're like, how do you identify? And, you know, Everybody was gone. I was like, black with a capital B. That's the perfect way to describe it. <laughs> I'm here for it. No, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I'll be interested in um, some of our audience thoughts on that too. Just like yeah. what the preferences of like, mm-hmm. when you hear that BIPOC term, are you like, it run away? Mm-hmm. Um, or do you, you know, embrace this term? Um, the same thing with person of color. Like, I mean, that's, that's a way to describe a group of people, but I don't say like, how can I say this? I'm going to say I'm black before anything, basically. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm a person of color. I'm black. <laughs> and I stand on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. Absolutely. I think I tend to use the term like um, people of color when I know that, you know, I am describing people that are mm-hmm. not black. Mm-hmm. And not about myself. Like mm-hmm. I never will, like you just said, identify myself as a person of color. Like mm-hmm. that's not 
in describing me yeah <laughs> like you yeah. just said. like it's as an individual when they like because that's what it does it it takes away your individuality mm-hmm. um, and your own experiences and so by just clumping it together so I do think that's very important to be mindful of of yeah if you don't let these people clump you together yeah I, I mean I only wanted to bring it up because I feel like these new terms come up and we feel like we have to like fall in line with them and I don't want to do that <laughs> and I don't want y'all to feel like y'all have to do that like why is it you know these terms are introduced to us and now all of a sudden that's how you identify if you want to yes do it but if you don't feel like it don't because at first I was like oh I'm BIPOC now and I started thinking about it like no you don't even talk like that <laughs> why BIPOC now <laughs> I'm part of the BIPOC community <laughs> yeah yeah anyways uh yeah you can have that one but um I do want to end today with talking about um like so today y'all we talked about brain spotting which is a different type of healing modality instead of like talk therapy and CBT and all these other like therapy styles that we've talked about before on the podcast um Mm -hmm. but I mean this is me as a licensed therapist and Myra as well who we've never heard of this and this goes to show that there's so many different forms of like healing and therapy like and I love the fact that Alicia just you know she did her research and she she took a leap of faith and it worked out for her so I think this is just a a tribute to say like explore different healing modalities even like right now we're like oh it has to be talk therapy like no try something different and it may not work for everybody but at least you know you tried it yeah for sure I completely agree yes Marie, you want to say anything else about today's episode or anything that any resource or anything new that you're doing um yes so y'all I just recently started using the grief recovery handbook if you are experiencing some grief I would suggest if you aren't you can use this if you are in therapy if you're not if you are in therapy, I would tell you to tell your therapist to also buy the book so you two can do it together. If you're not in therapy, you can do this book by yourself. It's beautifully laid out. Um, I would suggest you start with the first part, read all that. And then after the first part, you start to do homework and you will be mapping out your life with your, uh, whether it be a lost loved one, whether it be a lost relationship, whether it be a lost situation, you'll be mapping out the things that you enjoyed in it, the things that you missed, and the things that weren't so hot. And then you'll go on to do some more work. I don't want to give it all away. You'll go on to do some more work. And the way it kind of ties up at the end is very nice. So again, it's called the Grief Recovery Handbook. It's a purple book. It has excellent reviews because the book speaks for itself. And I will highly suggest that you even maybe do it with a partner. They highly suggest you do it with a partner. But like I said, you can do it alone with a partner, with your therapist. Highly recommend the therapist also utilize this resource so that way you can be utilizing it with your clients. So check that book out. Um, And also, y'all, I recently just... The author, is it John James? I think so. Okay. No, I thought I had it by my bed. Maybe not. Yeah, I think I see it. I see it. I like it's purple. It's purple. I got you. Yeah, it's purple. Um, and then the second book that I wanted to share is Top of the Browns new book. I suggest you listen to it and get the book. So right now I'm listening to it and it's like my thing right now. 
Um, it's a great way to start your morning and it's a great way to end your day. It's a great way to have a midday pickup. Um, but it's a it's an excellent book. At first I was like, hmm, I don't know. I know that everybody needs to hear it and read it. <laughs> so check that out. Yes. Like I don't I can't even like she really is like some people just have that vibe. Like you even I love her book right now. I have goosebumps just of like how amazing she is like mm-hmm. I like I it's literally like I don't have the words even to describe just how amazing this woman is amazing like her voice is calming her voice makes you motivated like she don't even mm-hmm. she don't even gotta say too much she's like hey love like what's you like oh I'm motivated for today like mm-hmm. she just has that about her and I think mm-hmm. that, that is so beautiful like this black woman like she's and she's just continuing and continuing to to output but she also does seem like she's also taking care of herself too yep and I just love I love her I love her yeah the book is really good um it's one of those books that's about like believing in yourself and having faith in yourself with also having faith in God so if you like those type of books that's what this book is I like listening to it when I take a bath so that's like my new thing so I highly suggest y'all check it out I love it will do We'll have all of that good stuff in the description, along with um, some resources for clinicians who are interested in this type of healing modality. Um, So we hope you all enjoyed today's episode, and we'll be back next Monday with another episode. All right, y'all. So y'all, we have to shout out our friends over at Fiverr. We are officially a Fiverr affiliate and I love Fiverr because you can literally go to them for any type of project you might want to work on, whether it be if you need a new logo, you need help with the resume, you need help with social media, they help you over there. So go ahead and check out our friends over at Fiverr. That's 5-E-R-R. So five with two R's at the end. So go ahead and check them out with the link in our bio and... Tell them that we sent you.